right. Welcome to a new episode, another new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 268. Damn. Yeah. And uh, my name is Steve. I'm Ronald. And that's Ronald. And my name is John. That's John. And we are here for a brand spanking new episode of Movie Schmovie. Another really exciting episode of Movie Schmovie. I got to say, we've got quite the run going. We got a three out of four episodes of our last uh, releases have been uh, pertaining to an exciting new era in Movie Schmovie world where, where we've kind of gotten our foot in the door of being able to review some stuff before they actually come out. Like, you know, we used to go to some screenings every once in a while and be able to do this um, when there were still movie theaters open um, that we were willing to go to in a pre-pandemic era. But in, in the world that we live in now, we've started to get some relationships going with some network studios and um, some have been kind enough to let us check out their original content. And this week... I, I'm very excited, and I was very excited when they gave us the green light on this to uh, have the ability to review and screen and be able to talk about season two, part one of Hulu's original series, Pen15. Um, and by, by part one, it's it's a planned 14-episode right, second season, right, right. and we saw the first seven episodes. But I think that's what this initial run is going to be, right? Is it going to be like it split is. by time in some way? Okay. Yeah, so the first seven come up. Um, so next Friday, you'll be able to watch this on Hulu on the 18th. Uh, the first seven episodes, which they're calling part one, and then part two, which is the back seven, uh, will come out at an undetermined time in 2021. So, so it's dropping seven and seven, though. It's not weekly. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we can give a little bit of a overview. I mean, if we talk about things over the course of these, these seven episodes, viewers will be able to dive right in with that. They, they won't be waiting almost two months to see uh, what, we, what we've seen. That's, that's cool. No, it's a, you know, I, I, I mentioned last week when we, we kind of teased this episode that uh, uh, Pin 15 season one was one where I saw the first couple episodes and really liked it, maybe first three, and it just kind of fell off my radar or something. I don't know why I didn't finish it. And um, I didn't I didn't realize I hadn't finished season one until I got into season two. In that opening, there's a little uh, previously on montage. And I was like, wait, I don't remember seeing all this. And I was a little worried, like... Okay, I guess I'll make it be almost part of my my critique of this show is how much can you sort of jump in and not know all of the plot mechanics that have gotten us to this point. And I, I think it's a real testament to the show that that stuff really didn't matter that much, that almost within an episode, they're off to a specific place uh, that you could you could understand if you just get the idea that it's awkward adolescence and it's it's tweendom uh, filtered through specifically like being a, a, a tween around the year two thousand kind of um, which is when this thing is set um, it's highly relatable and the the it's such a weird experiment and the fact that it works at all and is fat in fact is emotionally resonant uh, let, let's talk a little bit about what this show is to people who might not even know what pin 15 is Ronald explain explain the concept sure so uh, it's about two characters Maya and Anna who are best friends just trying to figure it out and they're in middle school i guess when we first are brought into they're in seventh grade yes seventh grade and the device that they use is that they're played by adult actors in a world of actual child actors 
So two adults, <laughs> all other all other actors are kid actors in this world, and they look like kids. They look like twelve and thirteen year olds. Yes. It doesn't look like ambiguous like teen. It's like no, no these are no. kids. They are going for it, man. And there's a commitment to being these characters that really, you know, maybe for the first five minutes of of seeing it for the first time ever, you're kind of like, what the hell is going on? But when you see it start, it's it's very evident that it's probably one of the better devices for a coming of age show that I've ever seen. And it works really well. And seeing a, a, an adult falling in love with a kid, it sounds so strange on paper, man, but it works so damn well. The characters are so likable. And it reminds me of some... Middle school was so awkward and so awkward. And it just does it better than anything I've ever seen, man. Like, I've, I'm, I was trying to think about... Wonder Years and things like that, which are great shows, but nothing quite does it like this show. Nothing quite digs into the awkwardness and the horror of some of the things that can happen in middle school. So why does that work so well? Why does having women in their, I don't know, early 30s, I guess, might be their ages, uh, the actresses uh, Maya Erskine and uh, Anna Conkle, who both co-star in the show and and uh, co-created the show and i don't know if their friendship goes back to their childhoods but they're definitely playing sort of their own childhood selves uh as part of this friendship so there's something really fearless and 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 bizarre about this and you're right ronald it might take a minute or two for it to work on you if you're watching it but once you get past that initial conceit that weirdness i don't know what it is about i keep trying to put my finger on why it works so well what do you think steve why like why does them being adults somehow enrich the coming of age part is it because just seeing an adult's perspective filtered through even though they are performing these roles not i mean it, it sounds very wink wink uh, and it, but it's not like Strangers with Candy or anything like that, which I enjoyed that show too. But that show was very arch and very satirical. These are genuine performances, like the the, the acting chops. Uh, uh, these are great child performances from these grown women. Um, what is it about them being grown that makes it so rich? I mean, I, I think that the skill of the performances and the nostalgia, maybe. But what, there's something going on here. Really, it's kind of like the idea of watching an adult channel feelings that most adults that are watching this show have felt you know what i mean like or have experienced like it's like uh watching someone who is playing younger uh way younger um in in this case like 20 years younger um it's kind of like transportive to me like i don't know it's it's weird it's like you know you you not that you see yourself in those actors or actresses but you can see yourself in those situations, and I feel like you know an adult watching an adult playing a, a teenager is is kind of like a it's definitely a take, and it's definitely it takes a little adjusting maybe when the series starts. But I think it's just kind of like a it's it's almost like permission to be able to watch this and be like, wow, like that's real, or that was real awkward, and I've I've felt that real awkwardness before when I was that age or in that situation that I. You know that I experienced. Um, it's almost like that's what your memories are already. Yeah, like, absolutely, your memories are you, in your memories. Your adult self is some is somehow like that the the person behind it, even though you were so different back then. 
I think that's totally it, John. And I feel like I wouldn't be shocked like to hear, you know, either of these co-creators or like, you know, even just experiences that people maybe have had, like where you have dreams, you know, or memories of like you were just saying, like what of, of, of something that you remembered happening in middle school or high school. And like, you don't, I mean, at least, and I've, I've experienced this, like, you know, when I think about, when I see my friends from high school, when I have, you know, I went to my reunion or I see my buddy who has been my best friend since middle school. Like when I think about things that we experienced in those times in our lives, which are like some of the richest experience I've ever had, you know, it's like, I don't ever think of what I looked like at that age. Like most yeah, times I even remember. Yeah. Most times I'm remembering when I'm remembering these things, he looks like him and I look like me now but i'm just describing what happened then you know what i mean so i think that idea is like is is the take of where this show is going and i think it works really well for that very reason because i feel like in some ways that's a lot of people probably can relate to that and those creators i'm sure probably you know maybe i'm sure have experienced that and um yeah so yeah maya and anna like uh they have this you know this great unique friendship in the show and i'd be curious to know if that exists in real life too because it it their chemistry in this series is is really what makes the series work. And I mean, the writing on the show is so good. Um, I love season one, and you know, after being able to watch this first part of season two, um, yeah, Jeff, definitely, it's 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 definitely one of my favorite shows. I think that I that I have seen this year, probably for sure. And um, you know, I think the first season was on my my top list for the series from TV series in 2019, but. Um, it's it's definitely cemented its its place in like uh, some of my my current favorites in terms of like what you know is an ongoing series and hopefully this the series keeps going on because I think what it does best uh, what it does best as a series is really being able to um, s- spread the ideas around to um, to different characters like you know Maya and Anna maybe the leads. But, you know, I think the series does a really good job of being able to spend time with, you know, some of these secondary and tertiary kids that they come in contact with or family members that they come in contact with. And you get to spend time with them and see kind of like what those characters are going through so that you're not only relating to Maya and Anna. You know, you're you're learning, you know, in this season more about Gabe and, you know, um, you know, Maya's mother and like, you know, and especially Anna's parents and things like that, you know, you, you just get to spend time with these characters enough that they matter in some ways as much as Maya and Anna do to the story, but also as much as they do just in terms of your, as a viewer, your want to see more episodes because they play off of each other so much and um, kind of like, you know, dictate the next steps in our story. But um, I don't know. I just, I really loved this show going in and coming out of these first seven. It just, you know, Aaron and I both watched these together and she loves the show too. And, um, you know, we kind of were super, super excited to be able to binge those really quickly, which is also a, a problem when you can binge them that quickly, I guess. It's just that it's like, oh, damn it. Now it's over. But I don't know. What what did you think, Ron? I mean, like, do, were you a fan of the first season, or wh- where did you come into this with? What, what did you come into this with? I love the first season, man. Um, I think the tone of this one is a little more serious. Um, it's tackling, it's tackling um, divorce, which was something that um, 
I was dealing with a little before um, uh, I was in middle school and was blamed as the catalyst for my behavior. Anything after that was like, you, you do, you know, that was so weird to me. But really what it had to do with was like, I think the older I get, the more I'm able to find the uh, similarities in people's experiences that more than differences. And I think that there's something about this show. You may not be able to relate to every piece of it, but the feelings. Um, I used to think that people that were like Maya were like crazy, right? But there's something about people who feel all of it. People who feel all the emotions, all of it that makes them the best the best partners, the best friends, the best, you know, conversationalists. There's something about that intensity that we're almost taught to lose as we get older and to, you know, be stronger and be meaner and be, you know, don't don't let these sort of don't get into these circumstances that Maya, you could tell maybe she kind of maybe feels similarly now. Well, you know, she's maladaptive in that way. And it made me think a little bit of Davy on um, uh, Never Have I Ever in the sense that she's a kid with like anger issues and she's known around her school as kind of a freak. But she that, that show is a much, like just if you think about the, like that vision of high school on Never Have I Ever is a much more like bright and funny yeah, and yeah. colorful and light world. And I would almost hate to see that show become more grounded and serious because part of what it does so well is play this kind of, it's all from the perspective of somebody who's, who's uh, I don't know, there's just something upbeat about that show. And I think Pin 15 kind of, it's not like it goes in the other direction because it's very upbeat and, and um, has some funny moments. And I find, I find their friendship very life-affirming. Uh, in the sense of, uh, you know, if you've had a best friend like that, or even if you just, it's just something about finding the right people. You were talking about what an extreme persona Maya is, but I think Anna is a very funny character as well, because she is a little bit more centered and a little bit more normal, but you recognize that she gets something from Maya that she doesn't get from anybody else. And the way that they go into these flights of fancy, even though they play into sort of a sitcom structure of what, what are they into this week, you know? It reminds me of being a, a teen or being a tween when you would become suddenly obsessed with something. Like there's a, an episode this second season where they get into into Wicca, uh, <clears throat> and it's like it's like so believable and reminds me so much of girls from my middle school or people that I knew. I mean, there's that moment where people are playing with a Ouija board or where people are doing something. It's just that feeling, and there's always that sense of like, wait, is this real? Are we kind of freaking each other out? And you can, without even really lying to each other, the way the friends sort of build on this sense of mythology that they have in that episode where they have this, they may have powers, they may have something going on. It didn't seem farcical to me. That seemed so real because I remember a friend of mine and I, we read about, it was, I was in uh, eighth or ninth grade or something, and we read about lucid dreaming, you know, which is where you control your dreams. And we were like, determined that we were going to meet up in our dream like we were like briefly for like a week or two we were like right. we were trying it like so where'd you go last night and he was like well I, I flew and i met marilyn monroe and it's like and i, and I kept trying to control my dreams you know That's and then hilarious. i was just like i'm just not good at it i just can't do it um but my friend said something about like i, I saw you I, I was at your house and i saw you but you were like not really there you were fading in and out maybe you were, and i was like i was watching television till about midnight and they were like that's probably
probably it. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, that explains it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that probably explains it. I wasn't really asleep. So I, if you saw me, I was kind of fading in and out yeah, of the dream world. dozing off. And it's like, I don't think I actually believed that, but I think for the purposes you want of to, us, yeah. for a couple weeks, it was that Ouija board feeling. And I, again, that's just an example of the kind of adolescent stuff this show does a great job of capturing. And I got to say, these two actresses, it's amazing what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think they are actually good actresses. I looked at their IMDb's and particularly uh, Maya has done a lot of stuff. She's so annoying and so aggravating, but she's so real. And I think that the same can be said of Anna in a, in a different way. But um, no, just totally believable, recognizable characters. So much so that it kind of messes with my head a little bit. Because this is a period piece. But now 20 years ago is 2000. So for my yes. old brain, that hurts a little bit. Yeah. Because there yeah. are times where I almost feel like it's an 80s period piece or a 90s period piece. But it's really kind of like 90s into 2000s. So it's kind of catching the end of the 90s. These kids have a hangover from the 90s. The way that the 90s kids had sort of a hangover from the 80s, you know. Um so I think that that makes it also kind of interesting. It's really like remember the way it follows right, takes totally. place in a kind of un, yeah. un like there's certain technology that was modern and advanced and certain technology that feels old. This show has the effect of kind of being timeless because it's a 2000 it's a set in the year 2000 period piece. And yet it feels like all the classic coming of age stuff that I tend to think of as 80s or 90s stuff even though that's just that's just because I'm a I'm from that era, you know, the coming of age could be I mean, you know, for Henry's generation, coming of age is going to be now. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's crazy to think yeah. of how that changes. But being a tween doesn't change that much. You're, you're fucking confused and everything's scary. And if you've got a friend like like these two have, uh, it, it is a, a, a way to survive. Yeah, it's, it's solid, man. I, I just was wondering if it was going to keep the same pace, same... A sort of sense of humor and it kind of exceeded it man like the stakes were a lot higher a lot higher in this and you know i the emotional sort of roller coaster that everybody was going on um i remember having these conversations when i was younger with people and like somebody hurt my feelings and feeling like like tiles were coming off the walls and the building was i was like man I, i'm never ever gonna get over this <laughs> and, then, and then you live your life but that's the way that it feels it feels next level devastating oh, no, everything love, feels like that yeah there's a character named brant i think is his name oh Maya just won't shut up about fucking brant <laughs> and the thing is I, I was annoyed that she wouldn't shut up about him but i was definitely when i was crushing on somebody i was that person like i would just talk to everybody i knew about them like oh you know and they'd be like so does this person know you exist and it's like eh, they may soon <laughs> at some point it's a point they'll know. <laughs> but I know what snacks they like. You know, I know yeah, what shows yeah. they like. I know where they like to sit in this class or that class or whatever. And again, that's the why I think of Never Have I Ever because the sort of crush objects, you, you, those shows, that show feels honest about a certain kind of ad, adolescent or teen experience too, but it is a much more sugar-coated world than the world of, of Pen15. And, and uh, um, But they both play with that same idea of like when you're that age, there is some crush object who kind of, I mean, maybe you're not this way, but if you are this way, it, it, it fills your world. Like that is like everything you're doing in high school is built around like being around <laughs> this person or seeming yeah. cool to this person or what's this person going to think, you know? 
everything everything just feels everything just feels like turned up all the time you know at that in, in both directions like it's dialed up to the highest of the highs and the lowest of lows and you kind of see these two friends in some case throughout this whole first part of the second season go through that entire spectrum and you know in most cases they're going through it together and when they're not I think that's where you know you really are kind of feeling a lot of the real the, their real personal development is like kind of when they're forced to do some of these things alone, and that that's where I think like you said, John, their performances really dial in, and they're both it just just really impressive and just you know they really kind of bring these characters like to be like favorites of mine. Like you know I really am interested in seeing more of Maya and Anna in this Pen Fifteen world. And, you know, it's just like you mentioned, like the crush thing, you know, like that's some of the stuff I love is like just these these little like signature things that they do throughout the series, like Anna's crush on Alex. Like, you know, that becomes a point throughout the beginning, the middle and the end of this first part of the season where, you know, and even in the first season, you know, every time she sees this kid and like, you know, the 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 song song just kicks in (laughs) and you got that slow-mo walk and it's that gaze. And that's a part of that, you know, the the episode three, the 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 Vendi Vicani episode. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just the way they dial that in, the, in 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 and out of the of the season. You know, you have these little like checkpoints with these characters of things that you matter so you know matter so much to them, and you're just seeing how often it changes. And and you're talking about the you know the course of. You're still in seventh grade. You know, these two mm-hmm. seasons are both in the same grade. You know, they're they're dealing with this stuff over a matter of weeks. And, you know, you're you're seeing the ups and downs of how much that changes over the course of a couple episodes even. And I think that's just what makes the show so effective. And it's just like because in most cases most people can find something to relate to, you know, when they went through this, you know, part of their lives. But um I think it's some of those signature things that just really kind of dial into these characters. And, you know, I said earlier, like some of the stuff I really liked about this season, probably more so than the first is like really getting to spend a little more time with characters like Gabe and like Sam. I was going to say Gabe in particular really pops, man. That that, that kid is so naturalistic. What's the actor's name? It's, um, I'm not sure. uh, I've got it right here. Gabe is Dylan Gage. Um, and also the kid uh, that plays, um, What's his name? Um, Sam? Uh, well, Sam's good. Brendan. Brady Allen as Brendan. That kid's got a funny, specific energy oh, all his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reminds me, there's a character that's a background character on Community. Uh, this guy named Garrett. He's like one of the more awkward, sort of nerdy characters on that show. And they give oh, that yeah. character more and more of a backstory <laughs> as it goes on, you know? Um, yeah. You know, I like when people cast sort of... I mean, not no yeah. offense to these young actors. They're all quite good and they're all quite likable. But I like when someone casts someone who's a little awkward or a little different and lets them just exist. It really helps the the older women's performances that these kids look like kids yes. next to them. I mean, they yeah. really are kids. Yeah. And I will say there are times where I forget what's happening and I bought into the, the know. you know, uh, uh, Maya and Anna know. As, as kids. But then there's the moments where it comes to your mind again, where there's going to be a kiss or there's going to be some, some physical contact. And I think the way they shoot it and the way they handle it is, uh, you know, it's about as tasteful as it can be for a show that is extremely frank about like sexual development and stuff. But it's, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, there's something so funny about like describing it. It almost would sound perverse to somebody, you know, um, or unpleasant or like, um, like it's going to be gross out comedy or something like that. But no. it's, it's, 
it's totally it's like the opposite. Yeah, it's really yeah, it's so smart. It is. Re- I mean, that's the it as we're talking about it. I'm remembering like I was so impressed with so many little moments and turns. Even the divorce you mentioned, Ronald. It's played like around the edges of the story, and we can see what's happening. Uh, uh, the Anna's care uh, Anna, the character whose parents are in this separation phase. Um, we see what's happening more than she does, and it's so painful and so awkward. Yeah. And they could almost have kept it in that liminal stage between all these things. But as that storyline advances, that that was some of the most uncomfortable stuff for me. Like, uh, particularly the way the dad is trying to play that scenario. It's just like, oh, it's tough to watch because both these parents are trying to do right by their kids. Um, but you see the ways that the parents are fucking up as much as the kids are. And it's, uh, you know, I think the most solid parent, maybe you guys will agree is, uh, Maya's mom. She's, yeah, she's awesome. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Who seems to be played by Maya's actual mom. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. man, the, the bond that Kathy and who's played by, uh, Melora Walters. Yes. And, uh, that's Anna's mom mm-hmm. and Maya's mom. Man, their their friendship is really funny. Oh, the two like, moms? Yeah, the two moms. When they're moms, around each other, it's great, yeah. It's so good, man. But you're right. The standout, Maya's mom is is out of this world good, man. It's like a, a energy that she has that's just, I don't know. I, I There's think, a scene in the tub where she gives Maya sort of a, a pep talk kind of yeah, moment oh, man. that I thought was one of the most beautiful so like good. parenting moments I've seen on screen uh, in, yeah. in a while. There's this like, I just remember that stage when you have a friend that your your parents are like, what is this energy that you're bring that they're bringing? Where did where did all this come from? And you just say things that you normally wouldn't say and do things that you normally wouldn't do. And that has, I'm, I just, man, it, it was really well depicted. I just love the way that it played out. You know, I think your parents worry less about you, just a little bit, when they see you have a friend like that. Yes. When they're like, oh, I here's agree. a friend, and maybe they're going to get into tr- trouble, and maybe they're going to do something stupid, but chances are they're going to be doing something weird that's the two of them off in their little world. And I think as a parent, like I sometimes think about with Henry, you know, with this COVID thing has kind of separated him from that type of interaction with a lot of his friends. And I think yeah. about the effects of that. And at this age, how important that is to have somebody that you can kind of like walk around and do childish stuff with, but also step into uh, more mature uh, uh, stages of life with, and, you know, maybe have a, a, a rough separation or have things that tear you apart. You're alluding to it, Steve. There's a play in this season where they, the the two girls end up on either side of it. One of them is an actor in it, and the other is is on the tech side. And I thought that was hilarious, but also, it yeah, was, it really man. it reminds me of where things are at in in like the end of the last couple of seasons of Stranger Things. They really point out how like fragile this bond yep. between the characters is. And I think the nature of this kind of story is, yeah, you've got to at least pose the threat of what if these two people grow apart. Um, but, uh, that whole scene, there's a scene where the, the tech crew and the acting crew are like walking down the hall and yeah. together and they, oh, that Hell was week. so fucking, that yeah. was so good. I mean, that just was such a, that was almost like a climax of sorts for some of these themes. Yeah. Uh, seeing them find their new niche and like, how does that then, how does that then affect what they have? Um, yeah, really well done. I really wonder what their plans are for this show. It almost seems like they would have a maybe a an end point in mind especially because these younger supporting actors they're not going to look that young for long right 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 yeah i hope i hope 
that they have a I want it to last for a couple more seasons, but man, I love watching them. But I don't want it to kind of get too crazy. Yeah, you don't want them to lose this tone. This tone is sort of per- when you mentioned like Wonder Years, that's a great example of like that feels like a very true coming of age story, and that feels like an extremely polished, uh, nostalgic view compared to the way some of the scenes in this play out. And I do think the average viewer might have that moment of like real discomfort getting used to the way this feels because like Maya in particular is a real, you know, she's an acquired taste as a as a character. But I think even as a as a as a viewer of this show, you kind of become more enamored of her once you see just that she's constantly dealing with stuff on this level. Like she's really thinking about it. <laughs> she's really trying. And she also has this wild side to her. Like she just goes off sometimes, which again feels really true to that age. I love that. I love that part of their friendship though. Like just the zaniness. Mm-hmm. Like just how just how like silly, like you mentioned the the whole the, the, the Wicca scene earlier and like we were testing about that uh, while we were watching it but when they're in like the greenhouse yeah. at school yeah I'm scared you know if you were one of those them. other kids yeah. like you would be like if I, that would have been a rumor at my school <laughs> oh, these sure. two girls were doing witchcraft in the greenhouse that's legendary that's, the, that's, that's legendary the kind of shit you would hear yeah. about right yeah and they got possessed and just started yelling I, I would have told the whole story like well, I, mean, I think it's just you like believe? you know th- their chants I don't know where they were getting those chants <laughs> they were doing you know they're just channeling it you know um but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like one of the things that I, I kept like thinking about watching it is just that, you know, of all these things that kind of come into their orbit, you know, whether it's the play or the pool party they go to, or you know, even when a, a third best friend gets introduced into the equation, mm. uh, Becca, you know, like Mora. Oh, Mora. Sorry, yeah, Mora. Um, there's just like even amongst these things and like you see how it encroaches on their friendship and there's always like still, even when they're at times of like tension, you know, between the two of them, there's just those cracks where you, they can't help but be the best friend for one another that they've always been and will be for, you know, the show's run, I'm sure. But like, you know, the moment when they go to the sleepover and like he, she brings her there in like a duffel bag, you know, like, <laughs> like that shit is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and like, they can't, I, I they love can't them. help I love them as together. people for doing yes. that because that's yes. the kind of yes. shit I might have done Absolutely. that I would have thought was really funny. And I might have gotten that same reaction of like people going, the fuck? you're so random. <laughs> you know, people say yes. that you're so random. You're yeah. so weird. Oh, and it's man. like, that wasn't the reaction I was going for. But, you know, but me and my friend you know, we, we, we know what we were trying to do. No, yeah, that, that, that biggest... scene was hilarious. And I think that's a great example, Steve. I thought I, at that moment too, I was relieved to see the two of them on the same page, even though the storyline around that shows how there's a wedge being driven. Right. Like Mara really is an interesting person because she's sort of like this toxic friend, but at the same time, she's a kid too, who's trying to find her to way in, yeah. into something else. So you can't hate Mara, but you do from the perspective of, of Maya and Anna's friendship, you can, you can see her as like this, like interloper <laughs> right like right she represents something bad <clears throat> yeah i don't know i just i love the show i love those characters i'm anxiously awaiting to see the second the the back end of this season but you know what scene really hit me hard was sam sort of yeah 
being around the boys and that now we're aging into this yep. stage where boys say terrible shit Horrible. about girls yep. uh, and how he kind of is willing to do that up to a point. I felt that that really made me sick in my stomach because even if it's not the gender thing, just anytime you find yourself sort of being compelled to kind of sell out one of your friends for a laugh, there's a lot of social pressure in high school and in, in younger years too to sort of like, you can redefine yourself around this new group, but only if you disavow somebody and, right. and again never have i ever de- has dealt with that same idea of like your core group of friends what do they think of you when you start you know changing your your social options yeah it's so delicate <clears throat> yeah i really like that i really like sam i mean sam fucked up but uh oh no his heart you he made a he mistake he had to fuck up yeah he had to fuck up to know that he didn't like around that. to it yeah right. he's he, yeah totally that what you just said is exactly it no i, lo- I like that with this characterization and I, yeah, I, I love. I, I definitely want to see where that goes. You know, with Sam and Maya, I like how they kind of been playing with that out. Again, one of those things that kind of like bring in and out of the season. You know, small small doses here and there. It's not like a, it's not it's not like too much or heavy handed. It's just like enough that it's like, oh yeah, they they probably are supposed to be together in some way. You know what I mean? Like right. They have but, a friendship that goes back too. And yeah, I think that's a thing. Yeah, and I. But man, the way puberty can mess up those like it's true childhood thing. Ah, oh, it's so sad. It's, true. <laughs> it's so it's true. sad. You start hurting people's feelings for real, you know. And it's it's you can't you can't say backsies uh, anymore. Dude, it's a different thing. I gotta say, we're, the the one of the scenes that Aaron and I were dying. Uh, just one off scenes here. The it's actually in this 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 episode seven, the finale, I guess, of this first part. Um, I think Steven is the, the stage crew. Yeah. I liked uh, him a leader. lot. He's the like the, a freshman, I guess in high school or whatever. Mm-hmm. The older but, guy. Yeah. When, when, when they're <laughs> sitting in Anna's dad's new convertible and somebody makes the comment, look at all the stars. And he says, they're all dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were, I was laughing for a solid, like three minutes. I actually had to stop it. Cause I was like, this is fucking so stupid. So funny. <laughs> His whole character of like me up, man. his whole character of how like just like you know he's cool. like the young guy yeah, yeah and he's, he's like yeah. educated educated and he knows about cinema he's got the he's flask so, like, yeah, yeah he's so and like, he's like kinda, chill he's like yeah you'd go yeah. do your thing yeah. you know what does he call her he calls her something like like she's a badass or whatever no he's he this but I liked last, him so I think much he calls her last name yeah I don't know yeah it's, but there was something so cool about his. His throughout that whole scene, he was being really cool. I mean, like honestly, though, he was being cool with her. Like he was yeah. not being like a dick to her, and he yeah. was not being like, uh, like toxic anything with her. It was so, so even though he might be, a, we can see that he's a little bit of a poser. <laughs> yeah. He's a really good guy, you know. Yeah. Like he seems, he seems like I don't know. I thought when he's like, why don't you tell him? When she's like, goes going over to him, saying, I think you should tell everybody we need to move on. When there's a crew yeah. debate that's happening on the tech side right, before right, the play. Right. And he's like, why don't you tell him? Like, I thought that was like, wow, I don't even know that I would have had the press, the presence of mind sometimes to remember, like, if someone comes to you like that, you should enable them rather than saying, you're right, it, this would be good coming from me, you know? Um, but no, that, that, he, was, he was very good. But you're right. If, if you have to laugh because all that stuff, <laughs> the thing is, everything they care about is stupid and meaningless. And you know this as an adult, you know, yes. like, but at the yes. same time, you also know it, there's nothing more real to this day than the shit you were thinking about that do I fit in? Who are my people? What's my thing? So much. I mean, so I'm 47 so. and I still have those questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think the I fit in with about, you guys. Uh, <laughs> the thing he said about, like, 
Final Destination being like, yeah, you don't know cinema if you. <laughs> it was so much that he said that was like cracking me up. He's like, he says that about Final Destination, then he says something about somebody being Cameronian. <laughs> yeah. No, he says to her that he would describe her as like being like that. Yes, yeah, being like James Cameron, like as a compliment to how she came in and became the stage director or whatever. When, when she, when she, like, yeah, and I think when she drops the glitter, like that was Cameronian. Yeah. God, man, it was funny as hell. Man. So good, dude. God, late uh, season MVP right there, Steve. Yeah. No, I, I hope he, so I hope he comes back. I think I think yeah, that's a great. We'll see like, more of him. I hope he's a good match for her. Actually, like that. Yeah. You know. Again, I love the the older guy who's who's fourteen. You know, like that's it's hilarious. <laughs> He's lived so much more in that extra year, year and a half. He's experienced so, so much more cinema, <sighs> like the so Final good. Destination movie. Uh, it's good stuff, man. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, uh, this comes out next week on Hulu. I mean, obviously, we we hear movies, movie all. Really yeah. enjoyed it slash loved it. I, I'll say I loved it. I highly recommend it. Um, if you've seen season one, you know, definitely check it out next week. If if you uh, want to rewatch it or need to catch up, you got a week to do so. There's a bit of a refresher at the beginning of the season, like John was mentioning. But you know, that said, it's still just like a nice little. You can jump right in and and get right back in the line with these characters and see what's going on. Because right. you you still have this person inside you. I oh, mean, any, almost sure. anybody listening to this, I guarantee you, for that sure. inner twelve year old has never fully gone away. You know, so so that's 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 who this show is for. And it really, yeah, it's it almost painful at times. But I think the fact that that adds up to something uh, heartwarming in a way is is you know, it's a testament to the quality of this thing. Like yeah. I even looked up the cinematographer to see what else they've done, and it wasn't a lot of other stuff that wasn't maybe associated with the same creators but i do think the 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 look and feel of this show is very accomplished and that's another thing that gives it's got like a cinematic feel to it yeah that takes it out of a sort of sitcom zone uh, almost entirely i think it's also isn't it uh lonely island production I, they're involved yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I saw the, them on the production team but um yeah i think so, at the end odenkirk's template i mean i feel like there's a lot of different really? people wow. like production houses that come up real quickly if you look at the logos at the end i might wow. be wrong about that um, but definitely Lonely Island is it's like Lonely Island Classics is what it's called, yeah. and I think that's their. <laughs> they look like the TV Sony Classics uh, yeah. logo. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, comes out next week on Hulu. I think it's worth a if you're not if you're not on Hulu, it's it's worth a subscription in my opinion. Just get it, watch the first couple second season part one, and definitely uh, have some fun with Pen Fifteen. And after you watch it, maybe if you guys remember the Mash game, I mean, I, I saw that on the show and I was like, wow, that takes me back. Oh man, holy shit. They, See, I never were, knew how to do that, but there was always some girl who did know how to do the mash game, dude. and so that that increased the power. Wow. Like I was in awe of women from a young age because not only were they beautiful and alluring, but they also knew how to do shit like that. And they would like, like run some numbers <laughs> and then come back to you and say who you were going to marry yeah, and how how old you were going to be when you died or what kind of car you were going to drive yeah, or whatever. <laughs> and all of, all that from just what color you liked and what your favorite animal was or whatever, God you damn. know. So wow, like, man, these, these these gals are amazing. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> you guys uh have anything else you want to throw in there for this uh recap review? I think that's it for me. I'm good. Find us at moviesmovie.com, Facebook.com slash movie and uh wherever you subscribe to the podcast, because I hope you're subscribing to this podcast if you're listening. Even if you just follow us on Facebook, you know what? Just like leave some comments, share it, do whatever there. Mm-hmm. But if you're on Apple Podcasts specifically, 
a rating review always appreciate it um we definitely uh you could just leave a quick review you could say whether we're loaded or not loaded yeah that's what they were saying on pin 15 yeah they were, at the, they were at the thrift store making fun of the clothes so funny oh my god uh yeah so why don't you just do that that's how we'll know you listen to this episode if you like this we'll say say, say we're loaded if you don't <laughs> like this you could say not loaded in not fact loaded loaded. don't don't save that review in fact that would be a pretty shitty thing to do if right now you felt motivated just just to say you don't like us right <laughs> Oh, but that man. would be very middle school as well. So, <clears throat> totes middle school, but totes, uh, totes yeah, mids. Leave a review if you can, rating, whatever you want to do. We'd appreciate it. But we'll be back hopefully next week with a new podcast episode. We're not sure what's going to be quite yet, but um, we're all excited to get these out weekly now that we've been doing this basically since COVID started. Uh, I know we've been keeping it strong. We may have had a little blip here and there, but for the most part, it's been pretty weekly, which has been a lot of fun. And again, thanks to Hulu for getting us access to the first part of Season 2 of Pen 15. And again, if you're interested, streams next Friday, September 18th. All seven episodes are available on Hulu. Um, that's it for Movie Spoo- Movie Spoo- Episode 268. As always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye. Fools. <laughs>